Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Faith is not is not wishful thinking like we said. You don't you don't wish or have a desire for something and just because you have a, a nice wish about yourself and it's building up so much of um so much of focus in your mind and you think that's faith. That's not faith. Faith is always stemming from the word. So therefore we said that the source of faith is the word of God. You remember? And that we also said that um given the illustration of Peter and how he he, he walked on water while he was still in the boat he desired, he wished that he would walk on water like Jesus was walking. So he didn't step out into the water based on his wish, based on his desire. He knew that it had to be the correct source, which is the word of the master. So he says, if you are Jesus, tell me to come. And then Jesus said, I am, come. And then Peter stepped on water not just because he only desired it, but because the master said, come. And I said, faith cometh by hearing. The word says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the source of faith is the word. Is that concluded? So we agree that the source of faith is the word. And the word we talk about is the Rema word. Not the Logos that doesn't make sense to you. When you read it, it feels like you're reading fairy tale. So, The words that will be spoken to your heart about certain things in this year. That's what will stir up faith in your heart. Amen. Maybe this Sunday I'll teach us on the dynamics of faith. The principles of faith. How faith works. Because faith will not be outside of the will of God. You cannot have faith for the sun to stand still now. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has to be in the will. For whatsoever you ask, he will give you. But that whatsoever is actually whatsoever he has in store for you. You see that? Whatsoever is yours, I'll teach you that on Sunday. So that, because the Bible says, many of us, we ask in James, that we ask, but we don't receive answers because we pray amiss. So you say my faith is not working. It's not that your faith is not working. You're not just in the wheel. So I'll teach us on the dynamics of faith, how faith works and how faith operates. Hallelujah. So this evening, let's just talk briefly about the eyes of faith. When we say the eyes of faith, what do we mean? You know, we said that your natural senses connects you to your world. Your eyes, your your ears, your your sense of taste, sense of smell, all these senses, they connect you to your world. That's what we said. Then we also said that there is another sense that connects you to the things of the Spirit. So your natural eyes cannot be in touch with what is in the Spirit. You cannot see the spiritual with your natural eyes. You cannot see, the, you cannot hear the spiritual with your natural ears. But also, as, as it is with um, 
your natural senses, there is the corresponding senses of the spirit of the natural senses. Like, you also have the eyes of the spirit. You also have the ears of the spirit. Just like you have the natural eyes, the natural ears, you have the spiritual as well. Paul says that the eyes of your understanding, it's not talking about your natural eyes, the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, which is at work in us. We also have the ears of the Spirit. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. It's not talking about the natural ears. It's talking about the spiritual ears. Yeah. So, um, talking about the eyes of the Spirit, basically the eyes of the Spirit means you see things the way God sees things. That's the eyes of the Spirit. And for you to run in this year, you must have the eyes of the Spirit. You, you, you see, you, can, you cannot see things in the natural and make a decision. You must see in the Spirit. Because God has a lot of pictures to show you. There are a lot of things He wants to tell you. There are a lot of things He wants to say to you. And there are pictures He wants to present to you while you're praying. You remember when, okay, I don't think I've said that to you yet, but okay, yeah, I have. When I was talking about Jesus while he was praying, and all of a sudden he was moved into the future. He started to experience the future. He had a, he had a picture of his second coming. Said so some of you who are here, you will never, you will not taste death until the Son of Man comes back in his glory. And I was talking about the transfiguration. So, he said that he was talking about Peter, James, and John when he took them and they experienced um, the changing of his face, the changing of his garment, Moses and Elijah by the sides, Moses representing the um, dead in Christ and Elijah representing the living in Christ. When the rapture, when, when the rapture takes place, at the second coming, those who are alive in Christ will be caught up in the air with him. So, so the eyes of the Spirit is key for you this year. Do you agree with me? Hmm? Okay, now, this is a faith sense, this is the way I put it. I said, this is a faith sense that enables you to see things by the Spirit. It's a faith sense. It's a faith sense that enables you to see things by the Spirit. So, your interpretation of things may not be everybody's interpretation. What you see in the Spirit is what the true picture is. And many times, it is usually not in line with popular opinions. So, as men and women of the Spirit, we must learn to see things by the Spirit. Tell the person who is sitting by you, let's see things by the Spirit this year. Amen. I have three questions to ask you. I put them down while I was coming. The first question is, can you recognize your 
harvest. You're praying to God for a harvest. But can you recognize your harvest in a seed form? That's the first question. Can you recognize your harvest in a seed form? Because the problem is many of us are always looking for finished products. You're asking God to do something for you. And all you want Him to do for you is the exact thing you're asking. But God is saying that there are sometimes I will not give you this is scriptural now. You know, anything I tell you is in the, is in the word. I will not give you exactly what you're asking. You ask God to give you a harvest, He gives you a seed. Do you understand it? So, could it be, second question, could it be that you have not probably named your seed correctly? What I mean to say is that, I'll go over these questions again, but what I mean to say is that what you call a challenge could actually be an opportunity for what you have been praying for. So the first question is, could it be, what's the first question? That, exactly, that you haven't recognized your harvest in seed form yet. And the second question is, could it be that you have not named your seed correctly? You called it something else. Meanwhile, God meant to say to you, this is what you have been praying for. This is where your peace is attached to. Then the third question is, can you water your seed if you have recognized that this is a seed? For what I am praying for. Let me break this down. Many of us are praying to God for wealth. He gives us wealth in the form of vision. And that's your wealth. Many of us are praying to God for a job. But he gives you a skill. That's your seed form. Many of us are praying for. What again? A land for example. TSP is believing God for a land or our own property, but he gives us a team of people. That's, that's the land. You see, it's, it's in the seed form, but you don't know that, that that's what you're praying to God for. A lot of us want finished products. You see, but you must see with the eyes of the spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? You must see with the eyes of the spirit. If not, what is going to happen? You will bypass your opportunities. And you will not come into full realization of what you are asking God to do for you. Because he answered your prayers, actually. He gave it to you. He gave it to you just that he gave it to you in a different form. Now, I don't want us to miss anything this year. There sometimes he does the miracles of exactly what you ask him to do, he gives you. He does that. There are other times where he doesn't give you exactly. He gives you in another form. Some of us are asking God for uplifting. He's giving you an opportunity to be submissive. 
Because the moment you have come into submission under authority, then he begins to prosper you. Why do I say so? Many times your peace is tied to something. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Your peace is always tied to something, sometimes. So, let me show you a few scripture. Um, Isaiah chapter 32 verse 15. Isaiah chapter 32 verse 15. Yeah, let's go back up to 15. No, not... Uh, yes, thank you. It says, until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness... Somebody say the wilderness. wilderness. Let's say it again. Say the wilderness. wilderness. The wilderness becomes a fruitful field. Yeah. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Until the spirit is poured from on high, then the wilderness. You see, when I was talking about the, the question, could it be you haven't named your seed correctly? What you called wilderness was actually a fruitful field. You see, so you must have the eyes of the spirit to always interpret everything correctly and properly. That's the truth. You must. You are in a situation right now. That situation is a seed for something else. It's a seed for another experience. And I'll tell you why God gives us things in seed form. Not just in ready-made form. I'll tell you why. So, he says that and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. A wilderness is a place where things don't grow. That's a wilderness. It's a place where nothing happens. Things don't happen there. But it says, until the Spirit is poured from on high. How many of us believe that we have the Spirit of God? Let's say it together, I have the Spirit of God. Say it again. Say, I know that I have the Spirit of God. See, because you have the Spirit of God, there are many things that are in your hands that could have been a disaster, but it has just become a seed. Because the Spirit is poured upon you. You already have the Spirit. Now at this point, they were talking from before the cross. We are after the cross. So it's until, but now it has happened already. So we have the Spirit of God. So, because we have the Holy Spirit, you can name these things correctly. You can interpret them correctly. Now the Bible says that it is converted from the wilderness. It becomes a fruitful field. It's not another... Um, it's not another land that he gave you. It's not giving you another land. He's making that same thing, that same land, a different land, but the same land. Somebody's life is going to change. 
prophetic words are coming. See, I want you to get your word. Okay, you know, when I talked about faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, you see, many times that comes by inspired preaching because the gift of prophecy is when the, the preacher is preaching and then inspired by the Holy Spirit, he begins to say things to you which makes sense to you personally that he necessarily didn't plan for. That's a gift of prophecy. It's not necessarily, prophecy is not necessarily foretelling, but it's forth-telling. Yeah. So you're being, you're being, your tongue is being influenced by the Spirit of God. It says that grace has been poured upon your lips and he has given, he has made your tongue like the pen of a ready writer and grace has been poured upon your lips. That's the spirit of prophecy. So when I said somebody's life is going to change, that, that is somebody's word. It's my word. It's my word. I agree. And the fruitful field. Now, you see, the fruitful field is a potential, not really the real thing. It's a potential. Many of us are here. Many of us are at the level of the fruitful field phase. We're at the fruitful field that things hard to say. Fruitful field phase. That's where we are. Potential level. But your potential is about to become substance in this year. This year. This year. Hallelujah. So it says that the wilderness becomes a fruitful field and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. You must have the eyes of the spirit to know that this is a seed. This thing is a seed. This thing is for good. That's the eyes of the spirit. You must see it. You must see it. You must see it. The way God sees is not the way man sees. When it was time for um, um, the king and um, the prophet Samuel to make a king, and he went to Jesus' house. The Bible says that when he saw Eliab, the one who looked like it, he had the stature, he had the build, he had everything. He looked like the king, and he was about to pour the oil on him. And God said, "Stop! That's not the king." You look at the outward, but I look at the inside. The inward is what I look at. So, the eyes of faith is seeing the way God sees. That's the eyes of faith. And David, who was at the backside of the desert, had many issues relegated to the background, um, was still dealing with psychological issues as a child, young boy probably from an adulterous relationship between Jesse and another woman because history believes that he's not of the same mother with the other brothers. So, but when the ostracized kid came into the house, in fact, the prophet said, nobody should sit down until that boy walks in. And then he walks in and the Lord said to Samuel, that's the king. The eyes of the spirit. You're going to have the eyes of the Spirit and you'll be precise in this year. Amen. You would understand the move of God. You would know what to do with whatever situations you face. Amen. The eyes of the Spirit. Somebody say the eyes of the Spirit. Let's see verse 16. 
Let's see verse 16. Let's see verse 16. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. Hmm. Can you see the righteousness of God? Somebody say grace. grace. The righteousness of God is there. Righteousness is there. Oh, I'm going to do a teaching on righteousness very soon. Verse 17. The work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Now, this is your inheritance because you're already righteous. You're already righteous. If you, if you understand, these guys are speaking from the place of an agreement, um, an agreement of the old covenant that will provoke a certain response because of the agreement in the old covenant. But we have a separate agreement in the new covenant that will give us a different result. So, we already have righteousness by faith and therefore peace, quietness, and assurance forever is our portion. Is our portion. So, now when the Bible says peace, it's peace on all sides. Rounded peace. Rounded peace. As if you are not in this world. It's that kind of peace I'm talking about. The peace I give to you is not the one the world gives. It's a strange kind of peace. Like you're not going through life. And it's a peace that comes with contentment. But still, you're striving for more. You see, there are people who have more than what you have. But you're not worried. You're not, you're not envious of them. You're peaceful. Amen. Then verse 18. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting place. This is for us in Abuja. <laughs> Boko Haram will not hit you. Amen. We're in secure dwellings, in quiet resting places. A thousand shall fall on our side, and ten thousand by the other. It will not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation. It's talking about the Assyrians or the Amalekites. Verse verse 20. Blessed are you who sow beside all waters. Hmm. Blessed are you who sow beside all waters, both the good waters and the bad waters. Because the eyes of faith does not, you know, Abraham told them, Lord, choose one. Anyone you choose, I will go the opposite direction. And then Lot looked at the plains of Sodom and he chose Sodom. He was walking in the natural perception of sight. And Abraham was left to the opposite direction, which was more hilly and didn't look like a green pasture. But it was that place where God blessed Abraham. And in the future, God was going to come destroy Sodom. And in fact, Abraham would have to come and deliver his um, nephew. From Sodom. So that's why you cannot 
You cannot operate by the eyes of the physical. Say, so why did you make this decision? There's something I've seen. Don't worry. The Lord has told me. I know. I understand it. Do you understand it? The eyes of the spirit. The eyes of faith. The eyes of faith. So he says, you're going to, you're going to sow beside all waters who send out freely the feet of the ox and donkey. Now, see what is going to happen. Is there, is there any verse after that? Is there verse 21? That's the end. Okay. There's another translation that talks about how that blessed are you who sow. If you cast your seed on different waters, when the waters have come down, your seed will spring forth. That's what is going to happen. Amen. You see? Oh, that's it. Happy and fortunate are you who cast your seed upon all waters when the rivers overflow its banks. For the seed will sink into the mud. And when the waters subside, when the troubles come down, you get it? When the troubles come down, the plants will spring up. You see, the plant is springing up because the seed was sown even when the trouble was still there. You didn't have to wait till the trouble was over before you sowed your seed. It says, he who looks at the wind will not sow. He who observes the cloud, observes the wind, will not sow seed. So, this when the waters have come down, God has a way of balancing things. He will make the waters come down when he needs to. And then your seed will grow. Since the plants will spring up, you will find it after many days and reap an abundant harvest. You who safely send forth the ox and the donkey to rage freely. Hallelujah. Is that, is that your word? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Let me show you another scripture. Psalms 23 verse 1. Psalms 23. Psalms 23 verse 1. This is the Lord. Capital L-O-R-D. If you study verse, if you study chapter 22, you will see why the psalmist describes him as the Lord. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. To feed, guide, and shield me, I shall not lack. Verse, verse 2. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. Now, um, the interpretation of this scripture is, that's what happens when you move by the eyes of faith. Because the moment you were led by the Spirit of God, this tender green pasture wasn't actually a tender green pasture. It was a dry ground. But when he led you there, it became a green pasture. That's the original translation. 
Because, think about it. Let's just engage our minds. Do you need to be led to what is obviously there? Do you get it? Do you need to be led to what is obviously there? Won't you go there by yourself? You will. But because someone is leading you, you can't see it. But the person who is leading you can see it. So that's why I'm saying to you that the eyes of faith will take you in directions where the popular opinions are not going to. But God has hidden that place with a wilderness cover. (laughs) And when he's sure you are planted there, he would unveil the potential of that place. It will become a fruitful field. It will now become a harvest or a forest. That's what it's going to be. Since he leads me beside the still waters. Still and restful waters. Second Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 6. Let's go to verse 1. Let's go to verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. He feared the Lord, right? Is that correct? He feared the Lord. He was a fearer of God. That's correct, right? And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. See, the fact that you are a Christian, if you don't understand the principles, you know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. My people perish because they lack knowledge. So this man feared God, but he was still poor. There are a lot of believers who, who love God so much with passion. They can pray for Africa. But if you look at their lives, there's no match between experience and position. Remember what I said, that in this year, you're going to have a match of your experience and your position. For crying out loud, this doesn't look like someone who feared the Lord. After he's dead, they are coming to take his two sons. Because he was owing. That's bad, man. And he was a prophet. <laughs> One of the sons of the prophet. He was deep in God. <laughs> you see, we cannot mock our gospel. We're, we're not. If, if you want to know how rich a man is, look at his children. Look at his wife. You see his wealth. It's dissipating. It's, it's there. It's coming out. Everything is flowing from the people around him. So God wants to show the world how rich he is by you. Do you get it? Yes. So, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a servant of God. You see, that's why he must thank God that your pastor is not poor. Do you understand it? Yeah. You should be happy that he has money. And when God blesses you, 
and he puts in your heart to sow. Don't don't harden don't harden your heart. <laughs> Praise God. I'm 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 happy when I see ministers not poor. When when they look good, I'm happy. I saw one of Abuja's great men of God. I saw them in the airport today. I saw I saw her in the airport today. And I loved what I saw. I said, Yes, this is what the gospel is. After they killed Jesus, the soldiers were fighting for his cloth. It was expensive. What he wore, there was no there was nothing like this. So how he was made is a mystery in the first place. But he had to take a lot of to make that dress that Jesus wore. So God wants us to be rich. He wants us to display his glory. Hallelujah. So this man feared God and he was owing. You will not owe this year. You will not. You're not going to owe this year. Some people didn't smile since I started preaching. The moment I said this, they just, they just lit up. <laughs> they just smiled. I know what I'm talking about. They are around this place. <laughs> Praise God. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. <laughs> Verse 2. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? What is it you're praying to God for? That you probably don't know that he has given you. It's inside you. Could it be that what you need is inside of what you have? Could it be that what you are asking God to do for you is inside of what you have? Then, And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house. So she considered what she had as nothing. I said, but, so, because it's a prophet who is asking me, let me not lie. It's not just nothing, but, but the jar of oil. So she obviously didn't place value on this jar of oil. Little did she know that the jar of oil is what she's going to use to pay her debts and to give her the wealth that she's been praying to God for. So you ask God for wealth. He's giving you a a seed. You must recognize it. You must be able to see it. Do you know why I think, I may be wrong, I think that most married men or married women seem to be more attractive because they are finished products. And then when you see a potential Husband, for those of us who are not married, when you see a potential husband or wife, because they don't look like it yet, then your response is, is it because we're in TSP you are talking to me? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Is it because we met in TSP? (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying? Mm. People change and you see people people people's destiny is not is not 
It's not written on their forehead. You don't even know what someone is going to become. You don't. You don't even know it. So, verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. Gather much. Verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. I preached this on the advantage. And I said, shut the door. Because many times when you're doing what God expects you to do, it doesn't make sense. So you have to shut the door on people's opinions. On popular opinions. As long as you heard from God, let that be your word. Let that be your guarantee that this is what God has said. And I believe it. Amen. So he shut the door. Then pour it into all those vessels. I prefer the King James Version on this verse. Let me show you why I prefer the King James Version. Verse 4. It says, and shall pour out into. It conveys more my, <laughs> my meaning. And shall pour out into. Which means that it's coming from, let's say, from inside of you. What you need is inside of you. It's in seed form. Is that correct? Look at your neighbor and say, it's in seed form. It's there. Pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Verse 5. <coughs> so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. Somebody's going to pour out. You're going to pour out what you have. Okay? And it's going to give you what you need. You're going to pour out what you have and it's going to give you what you need. You're going to not despise what you have because it's about to produce for you what you need. What did God say to Moses? He says, what is that in your hands? He says, this is the rod. Stretch forth the rod. The miracle is in what you have. So many of us are praying, Lord, give us this, give us this, give us this. He has given already. But can you recognize it when you see it? Praise the Lord. Verse 6. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. It means that the oil ceased. The oil stopped to flow. Once the vessel was over. I said to you in the message of the advantage that if you don't pour out, what you have stays. It becomes stale. If you don't engage your gifts, if you don't engage what God has given you, it stays. It stays. It stays. Now, it stays, not disappears. It stays. Because the gifts of God are without repentance. But it stays. You would not see the effect of what you have. Amen. Verse 7. 
Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay the debt, and leave thou and thy children of the rest. Let's go to verse 8. There's another story. The same thing I'm talking about, verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed, uh, passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in Peter to eat bread. And it was always good to take care of your pastors. It is. It's always good to do so. That's one principle that I learned while I was on the different pastors and it paid off for me. It's always the Bible says that your pastors will give to you in spiritual things. You would return to them in carnal things. That's where um, um, the principle of of uh, do not be weary in well-doing comes from, or the principle of God is not mocked, that whatsoever a man sows is going to reap in Galatians chapter 6. So, it's very good to take care of your pastors. The people who bless you in spiritual things, bless them in carnal things. You can't, you can't characterize my life without including the fact that I love to give. Amen. So, it says, verse 9, And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Verse 10, Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Verse 11, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and lay down there. Verse 12. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? Which means that Elisha, who is the prophet, he had dual responsibility. He was not just um, a priest of God. He also had a kingly role. He was both operating as a king and a priest. He had the influence to turn the hearts of kings. Amen. And that's where we're going as a church. We're not just exercising our role as um, spiritual people, but we're making impact in our world. Amen. It says, I dwell... Where are we? Okay. Okay. Uh, She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said... What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, She has no son, and her husband is old. Next verse. So he said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Next verse. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time where are we? No. Go to verse 16. Then he said, About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, man of God. 
Do not lie to your maidservant. Somebody say the eyes of the spirit. When you see by the eyes of the spirit, you you many times be talking in the opposition of natural laws. The eyes of the spirit. But let me bring out the principle for you here. Elijah saw something pass by her or someone pass by her. This happened to be a man of God. And she said to herself, I'm going to honor this man. But she never knew that taking care of the man was actually the beginning of her miracle. That's watching the seed. She was watching her seed. She took care of him. Made sure he was alright. And one day inspiration hit the man of God and he's like, what does she want? I want to pray for her. And then when he heard she doesn't have a son, his word automatically became the word of God. And said by this time next year, you're going to conceive and you'll have a child. You're going to have a child. There's something like that happened. Um, this is a very good example. Many of you, you all know Rachel, right? Rachel, there was a time, Rachel, when we just started, she was always cooking for me. So one day I asked her, what do you want? And she said she wants to pass her exams. So I prayed with her. I, I asked her, what do you want? So she wants to pass her exam. I prayed for her. And when the result came, now, all the people who wrote the exam with her, all her friends, all of them failed. There was a particular year where the law school exam was very tough. I think it was two years ago. Right? Yeah. It was really bad. It was bad. Like, so bad. But only her, out of 150 people in her tutorial class, passed. So... I told her, I didn't even pray much. I just asked her, what do you want? She said she wants to pass her exam. I said, because of this service, you have the result. You're going to pass your exam. It came out of my heart. And God honored it. God honored what she was doing. So, the woman was watering her seed. She was taking care of her seed. She never knew that the answer to her cry for God to give her a son one day is going to be in one prophet who would pass by her house regularly. You see, what you need is in what you have. Amen. It takes the eyes of the Spirit to see it. So that's why you're not going to play with some things this year. Yeah. Amen. Last scripture. Last scripture. So we can go. Amen. Last scripture. Let's do, um, let's do Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 5. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God. And the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. That's a prophecy for someone. That God will glorify you in this year. When you make one call, many other calls will come to you. Hallelujah. Amen. That's my word. Do you agree? 
I agree. Verse 10. Let's go straight to verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give what seed to the sower and what bread to the eater. Like I told you, there are two kinds of miracles. The first kind of miracle is the one where he would give you exactly what you're asking for. That's bread. But the seed one is you're asking God for... <laughs> you're asking God for an oak tree. He gives you an acorn. He gives you a seed. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So, God answers your prayers in any of these forms. Bread to the eater, seed to the sower. So, sometimes you're a sower. Sometimes it's meant for you to eat. You must know which one it is. Are you still here? And the reason why um, he will give you seed to the sower is because he wants to process you. Because if you're eating bread, you're not a part of the making of the bread. Bread is a finished product. But if he gives you seed, he's not the one who will plant the seed. You are the one planting the seed. Which means that you are involved. And the reason is because he wants you to share in the joy of answered prayers. So, don't think God has not answered your prayers because he gave you a seed. That person you're looking at is a seed. That business you're looking at is a seed. Is a seed. It's going to produce something else. But you just don't know it. Amen. In all of these things I'm saying, find your context. Find how it applies to you. And begin to think, what are the seeds in my life? What are the seeds for 2016? What are those seeds that I meant to water? What are those things that I meant to do? You recognize them by the Spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that in this coming year, you're going to operate by the eyes of the Spirit. You're not operating the flesh. You're not operating carnally. You're going to move by the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. The Word, we thank you for all that you've said to us this evening. We thank you because we shall produce a harvest. It may feel like a wilderness right now, but it will become a fruitful field. And the fruitful field will become a, 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 a forest. We believe and we receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you because it's done. For in Jesus' name I pray. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.